Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Hey, check out the new model from Hyundai. They call it the Hyundai Solar Roller. Your perfect everyday automobile that won't hurt the environment because it runs on 100% solar power. Warning, do not drive the solar roller at night. Do not drive the solar roller through a tunnel. Do not drive the solar roller under long stretches of trees. Do not drive the solar roller through Alaska or Seattle. Do not leave your home in your solar roller within four hours of dusk or dawn. Do not drive the solar roller up a hill more than 17 degrees in incline. Do not drive the solar roller up a hill. If the solar roller begins to overheat, run. Do not put your thumb over the solar roller's solar-tastic solar panel. Do not attempt to drive the solar roller above its top speed of 32 miles per hour. The solar roller will only reach its top speed of 32 miles per hour, driving downhill during a Category 4 hurricane. The solar roller may spontaneously combust if driven over 23 miles per hour. Do not eat meat in the solar roller. Do not have sexual relations in the solar roller. You will not have sexual relations if you own a solar roller. Do not verbally assault the solar roller. You will want to verbally assault your solar roller. The solar roller only comes in silver. This is because it is entirely constructed of grade B tinfoil and should not be chewed, put in the microwave, or made into tinfoil balls. That's right. It's the new Hyundai Solar Roller. It loves the environment, and it loves you. The solar roller loves you. You will not love the solar roller. Stu does America. Hey. BlazeTV.com slash Stu is the place to go to subscribe to Blaze TV. If you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, wherever you are, like this video right now. Pat Cray is here to tell us what really happened at a controversial BYU volleyball match. Sarah Palin's election defeat has the country talking about ranked choice voting. We'll get into that a little bit. But we start by doing California's energy apocalypse. Yes, it's here. It's just beginning, California. Everything will be fine. Don't worry about it or worry about it. California has announced they're going to ban the sale of new gasoline cars. This is by 2035, though it ramps up pretty darn quickly. Uh, The decision to take effect by 2035 will likely speed a wider transition to electric vehicles because many other states follow California's standards. And that's a big, uh, big problem. The new policy, detailed Wednesday morning in a news conference, is widely expected to accelerate the global transition toward electric vehicles. Not only is California the largest automaker or market in the United States, but more than a dozen other states typically follow California's lead when setting their own emissions standards. If those states follow through and most are expected to adopt similar rules, the restrictions would apply to about a third of the U.S. auto market. And of course, car companies don't want to make regional cars. Like It's hard enough to make money as a car uh, manufacturer, so they're going to probably follow these things. And to be fair to California for once, these car companies have already announced this. They've already announced they're moving toward electric cars by 2035. Uh, like, for example, General Motors. They're not going to make a single internal combustion engine. At least that's what they're saying now. We'll see what happens, at least for passenger cars. Washington will ban new gas-powered cars in 2035 as well. They've announced they're on the California bandwagon, and many other states will soon follow. Now, the guy who's made more 
uh, money and had more success actually creating electric cars than any other person on Earth, he believes that electric cars are a big part of the solution. But he's warning, hey, we still need oil and gas. Yes, that's what Elon Musk is saying. And you think if you're... I don't know. You shouldn't be to the left of Elon Musk on the environment. I didn't know there was any room over there. Apparently there is. Now, actually, Elon, you know, I don't necessarily agree on all, his, all of his climate change worries, but he's done more than anybody else. Remember, he also has a solar company and he's creating a spaceship company so we can escape global warming. So I don't know. To me, maybe uh, to the left of Elon is probably the wrong position to take. Now, this is not all that California has done, and this is important not only for today's monologue, but also for our political future, because Gavin Newsom is trying to position himself for the Democratic nomination in 2024. He looks at Joe Biden. He realizes, I mean, they, look, we're not the only ones. They all know he sucks, too. They might not say it, but they all know it. And they all see a lot of vulnerability there to maybe, I don't know, pop in and say, hey, maybe you should run me. I mean, uh, you guys like the last guy who was cheating on his wife publicly. Maybe you'd like me, too. Maybe uh, you'd like a little Gavin Newsom in your life. I don't. I don't want the guy from freaking, you know, uh, American Psycho as our president. But that's basically who he is and basically who we'd be getting. So he's running ads in Florida, obviously. Why would you be doing that? He's also passing a bunch of splashy big environmental rules like the car ban, but also a whole wave of aggressive new climate measures coming from California. A couple of details. The western United States is facing likely a prolonged and record heat wave that could lead to temperatures as high as 115 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, Yeah, that's right, according to a National Weather Service report. As a result, the California independent uh, system operator is seeking to bring all available resources online to handle higher electricity demand and expects to issue uh, voluntary energy conservation notices over Labor Day weekend. So you have all these new laws that are coming into effect from uh, Gavin Newsom, including it's about $54 billion of climate spending. And they're already, before those things even kick in, saying, crap, one thing, we don't have enough power. And would you be shocked if I were to tell you the state that just told us they were going to ban every other type of car so you have to have electric cars and at the same time is passing $54 billion in climate spending, Would you be surprised if like a day later they didn't have enough energy to power their grid? Not the future one where everyone has an electric car, but the one right now. That's real. The top three conservation actions, according to California, are to set thermostats to 78 degrees or higher, avoid using large appliances and avoid charging electric vehicles as well as turning off unnecessary lights. How how can we possibly be going down this road? How can we possibly be falling for this? This is insanity. It's insanity on every level. We all know, of course, that basically it's only rich people who get electric cars anyway. And we all know that they don't run long enough. You don't necessarily have the range that you might want out of a vehicle like this. Look, there's nothing wrong with a Tesla. You know, they're, they're nice cars. And if uh, you want to go, they go super fast, zero to 60. They're very, very fast, straight line speed. They've got some really, really good technology in them. There's some things to like. And, you know, I, generally speaking, like Elon Musk. I think he's a smart guy. But, like, to force this through the government is literal insanity. Now, if you go back decades, 
California already tried to do this. They tried to do this a long time ago to force car companies to make electric cars. And famously, those cars failed. There was a documentary or two made of, about this process called How to Kill the Electric Car. or uh, Who Killed the Electric Car? I'm sorry, it was called. I think it was Martin Sheen who, uh, who narrated it. And it was terrible. It was a terrible, terrible, terrible movie. They were basically claiming that GM intentionally killed their electric car despite spending a billion dollars to develop it. They were like, ah, we're just doing this to pose like we really care about electric cars. But what happened was California said, you have to start making electric cars by a certain date. They have, the technology was not ready. There were a few people who were super passionate about wanting one of these. They were called the EV1. But the, you know, overall, they didn't sell. People weren't really interested in them. They had like an 80-mile range at the time. No one wanted them. So they went off the market. And that uh, story ended. They wound up actually shredding all the cars, which was the big uh, conspiracy. Why would you s shred these cars? I wish they didn't shred them because they'd probably be worth a fortune right now. Ugh, I really wish I did have one. Anyway, um, so let me go through some of the facts on electric cars. Again, I'm not... There are some great electric cars. I'm not an opponent of them. I happen to uh, put an order in for a, a, a very, a very, very much gas-powered car. It's going to wipe out all uh, benefits of any environmental policies in California. The $54 billion they just spent. When this car, if this car ever actually arrives, it will wipe out all environmental benefits of the entire state. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Screw you, Gavin Newsom. Here we go. Uh, what exactly do we know about electric cars? Because you have to actually look at this with a critical mind. We can all call them zero emission vehicles. Why do we do that? Because from the time the battery is charged, they don't have any emissions coming out of the tailpipe. They drive around, they come home, you plug them back in, repeat, no emissions, right? Well, of course, there are major issues with that when you, you know, stop and think about it. Electric cars require large batteries, which are often produced in China using coal power. According to the IEA, just producing the battery for an electric car can emit almost as much as a quarter of the greenhouse gases that a gasoline car emits across its entire lifetime. Now, when you say zero emissions, you're not including the building of the battery, the making of the actual car, the production. You're just saying, hey, what happens when I pull out of the driveway? That's obviously an insane thing to do. Over its first 60,000 kilometers, a long-range electric car will emit more CO2 than a gas car. Having a second electric car for short trips could actually mean higher overall emissions. And that's what we see a lot of times people doing. They have a gas-powered car for their normal driving, day-to-day, -day, driving all over the area. And then they'll use the electric car for short trips into town or uh, bouncing around on the weekends. Well, that makes everything much, much worse. People think they're helping the environment. They're actually hurting it, if you uh, want to go down this road. Um, now, uh, what happens if we actually hit these lofty goals of all these new electric cars? If the world follows through and gets 140 million electric cars by 2030, the IEA estimates that it will reduce emissions by 190 million tons of CO2. That sounds like a lot, except unfortunately, it's a mere 0.4% of global emissions. So ridiculous thing. We revamp our entire society, revamp our entire infrastructure, move all to electric cars, and we save 0.4% of emissions. Does that sound worth it to you? Doesn't sound worth it to me. Unless you're invested in Tesla stock right now, you're probably saying, no, that does not sound uh, worth it. 
The uh, uh, National Bureau for Economic Research ran a report. And what's fascinating about electric cars is it doesn't, these benefits, it's like the loan program. They're not going to the most needy among us. They're not benefiting the most needy among us. They're benefiting highfalutin Democratic voters, generally speaking. Uh, This is what the National Bureau for Economic Research found. We find that people living in census block groups with median income greater than about $65,000 receive positive environmental benefits from these vehicles, while those below this threshold receive negative environmental benefits. So people who don't have a lot of money, maybe driving around cars that uh, have a lot of... uh, you know, issues, maybe they're near the power plants that are producing the nice clean energy for Beverly Hills, and they get hit with all the fumes and you don't in the, in the, in the, uh, in the nice house you have up in the hills. That's kind of the way environmental policy works. It's typically what we're doing is we're sending our emissions over to other countries, uh, and we are typically pr- polluting other areas We've done this with recycling. We've been sending our recycling over to China for years and years and years and years so they can throw it in the ocean over there. I guess that's environmentalism uh, for you. And thank you for coming to my TED Talk. In fact, I'm not going to say thank you for coming to my TED Talk. I want to send you to another TED Talk. Here's an environmentalist talking about electric cars. And we're going to get something here that I know you love if you watch this program on a regular basis. You're going to get some charts. It's Chartapalooza. 2022 Conservanerds Unite. You can see the conventional vehicle produces about 30 tons of CO2 over its lifetime. How does the electric vehicle look? Pretty good, right? Because some of that electricity comes from renewable sources, and because the electric motor is far more efficient than the internal combustion engine, it produces less CO2. But there is a problem with this graph. This graph says that at zero miles, zero CO2 has been produced. And if you think about that for a second, it means the two cars have magically appeared in the showroom out of thin air. As we discussed, that's not exactly what happens. They don't magically appear. The starting point certainly is not zero. So what is that starting point actually look like? And what is the right way to compare an electric vehicle and the gas-powered vehicle? If you've never seen this chart before, I want to warn you, I mean, it is, it's just, it, it will hit your conservative soul and make you smile. Uh, maybe we'll send out a link on, uh, on Twitter to the actual full TED Talk if you'd like to take it in. Here's a clip of it. You'll see the charts develop in a very pleasing way. So you can see the conventional vehicle comes to the showroom having generated about six tons of CO2. And now this is the critical part. Making a battery isn't easy. The materials required are harder to find, and making a battery cell requires a huge amount of energy. So the battery vehicle comes to the showroom having generated about 12 tons of CO2. And you can see you'd have to drive it around 80 or 90,000 miles before you offset that CO2 penalty. But it is better in the end. So the electric vehicle still looks good here as well, right? Well, this is where it gets interesting. You see, the conventional vehicle has a 400-mile range, while the electric vehicle in this example has a 125-mile range. So really, we need to be comparing a 400-mile range electric vehicle. And as you may have guessed, 
A longer range requires a larger battery, which means a larger CO2 penalty. And now you start to see the problem. Over its expected lifetime, it has emitted more CO2 than the conventional vehicle. It has contributed more to climate change than the conventional vehicle, and that is the crux of the problem. It has produced more CO2, but we've measured none. And so society is happy to continue to call these zero emissions. It's amazing because to hear him talk about it, this is like an environmentalist. He's not some conservative guy talking about this. His perspective was like, well, these car companies want to look good to environmentalists, so they're doing this, uh, this the zero uh, emission vehicle, and then they're just taking all of the emissions that would normally come out of the car and passing it off to the people who are building it earlier and to the power uh, stations that are making the power that, that, that wound up fueling the electric car. So they, they get credit for zero emissions, while everyone else is the one who is actually doing the, uh, the polluting, as they would say. Now, I don't think necessarily I have that exact same perspective, but what he's talking about in theory is true here. If we call them zero emission vehicles, and then all the emissions happen before we see them, and they get pushed off to places like China and maybe a lower income community around your, a city near you, isn't that just wonderful for the Biden voters who want all of this stuff to go. The people who think Gavin Newsom is a good governor think this is a great idea. They've got money, they're not in those communities, they don't live in China, they don't care. And that's the problem here. Not only is all of this sort of nonsensical anyway, as we noted, I think, I think personal vehicles, as far as global emissions, I think the number is 7%. So if you got from all emissions, uh, that we have now on personal vehicles, completely deleted it. Everyone went electric and all the electric cars were magically put here with no emissions somehow. And they all got their power with zero emissions. We would be minus 7% of, of global CO2. It would save us 7%, not much, especially when China is growing so fast and adding one, 2% a year just themselves. None of this makes any sense. And even if it did work, this doesn't actually play out the way they're claiming. There's a lot of issues living uh, in California. If you happen to be in Los Angeles, you may have seen this, an emergency alert telling all of LA um, uh, in Eastern North Pacific Ocean to evacuate. That was sent in error. This is what it actually said. Emergency alert system. A civil authority has issued an immediate evacuation notice for the following areas, including Los Angeles, California. Now I will say this. A lot of problems in California. Climate, not the one you should be worried about. You should be worried about dodging like human you know, waste on the sidewalks before you really even get to that. But I wanna give you a very serious warning. If you live in Los Angeles, do not treat that alert as an error. Evacuate Los Angeles immediately. One of the things my wife loves, my mom loves, so many people that I know that we've given gifts to as well is GenuCell. GenuCell is the best in skincare. GenuCell is uh, plant stem cell therapy. Uh, people use it all over their face, under their eyes. It helps them uh, tighten up some areas that maybe they don't think look so great. 
one of the things that people have said is they go under, people think maybe they got some work done. Hey, you're looking like a, a lot younger. What happened here? Well, it's just GenuCell. You don't have to go under the knife. It's GenuCell. Uh, during the last two weeks of GenuCell's summer blowout, every most popular package that they have is over 65% off. Plus, you'll get a complimentary gift set with every subscription order. You can say goodbye to the fine lines, the forehead wrinkles, the dark spots, the sagging jawline. Even those annoying bags and puffiness are gone without risky work getting done. And with its immediate effects, guaranteed results in as little as 12 hours or your money back. So you might be like, I don't know, this is kind of... Sounds too good to be true. I'm a little skeptical. Understandable. I, I, as we said today, very understandable to be skeptical. The good thing about GenuCell is it's guaranteed to your money back, so you're not risking anything here. GenuCell.com slash stew. GenuCell.com slash stew. If you order today, you'll get their summer essential. That's the uh, dark spot corrector. Absolutely free. Go to GenuCell.com slash stew. G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com slash stew. I'm joined now by Pat Gray. He's the host of Pat Gray Unleashed right here on Blaze TV. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Watch it all on YouTube and on Blaze TV with your subscription. Pat, how's it going? Great. Great. It's really fantastic. That's good. Yeah, everything's perfect. Everything's perfect. perfect. I haven't noticed any problems in the world lately. So There's almost none. Yeah, it's been pretty perfect. None that I know of. Uh, when I thought, uh, I saw the BYU story going on, this mm. BYU volleyball story. Mm-hmm. I thought, who can I bring on who's going to be completely unbiased in every way? <laughs> Because has no passion either way for BYU. Right. So I thought of every other person in the world, <laughs> but you were the only person available. Uh, I was actually fascinated on your take on this because this is one of those stories where it seems to me right off the bat you should be skeptical over. Oh, instantly. When I read this story on Saturday morning, mm-hmm. I thought... Didn't happen. (laughs) Did not happen. The allegation is that a black volleyball player from an opposing team was there and people in the student section of BYU were not just one racial slur, but like nonstop stream of racial obscenities for, I don't know, an hour. (laughs) The the scope of the investigation is very broad here. What happened? Uh, Nothing happened. Um, The exact opposite of that happened. The same thing that always happens at a BYU event happened this time uh, nothing at least <laughs> no racial slur no kind of uh, uh y- you know no massive uh harmful situation on the part of the uh, of the fans that were in attendance they didn't they didn't do anything i have watched byu sports now for you know i've been a fan almost my whole life probably 50 years and you watched Everything. I mean, I, I do. You literally I do. I, are. I pay attention to all BYU sports, mm-hmm. not just football, mm-hmm. but everything. also every everything. Mm-hmm. Even the the women's sports, I pay attention to that. Uh, I have never seen anything like this ever, which is why I thought, yeah, it didn't happen mm. uh, right from the beginning. Um, and of course, it didn't happen. And right, is so that, that's. Seems to be close to confirmed at this point, right? I, I think it's pretty well confirmed. They've, they've gone over all the video from the event. You know, it was broadcast on BYU TV, and they, they, so they've got video of it, and they've gone through the whole tape of it over and over and over again. Nobody yelled anything like what she says was yelled. And, she, and the N-word, she said she was being threatened? Yeah, uh, something like um, uh, watch your back on your way to the bus or yeah. something to that effect. Nothing like that was ever seen or heard. Nobody approached her. There was a, uh, there's apparently a, a, a sort of handicapped, a mentally 
handicapped uh, mm -hmm. person who shows up at some of the BYU games from time to time and goes out onto the court. Doesn't yell racial slurs, <laughs> right. but, you know, he, he's just, he's mentally challenged mm -hmm. and he's been out on the court a few times and they've had this in the past. And that seems to have happened where he went out onto the court and they got him. And in fact, uh, the Duke players identified him as the one and BYU initially banned him. Banned him for, banned for him. indefinitely. Yeah. For being the guy who said the racial slurs. Right. With no evidence whatsoever other than the no. opposing team accusing him. And their say-so. Yeah. And their say-so. He's the guy who yelled, well... How come only the person who says somebody yelled is the only one who heard anything? It's really it's I, a weird tunnel effect going yeah, on. Really, yeah. really strange. And what, from what I understand, BYU then, after they've banned him, yeah. decide to look to see if he did this. Right. Right. They yes. don't. Yes. They, they seem to want to not challenge her saying yes. anything about the incident they, they didn't want to say no you didn't and and accuse her in any way and right. i think they were just going to kind of take it Which, um, this is a big problem with we need to get into yes this happens with the me too stuff it happens yes. with racial uh, slurs like this all these stories yes where the 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 institution or whatever whatever's being accused here wants so badly to look good to the media that they, they don't want it. to say, even when they find out it's a hoax, they don't want to say, they don't want to accuse the person who's leading the hoax of anything right. of any uh, ill intent or harmful activity. So they just sort of step back, punish whoever they say, and hope it goes away. Right. In this case, they went back, looked at the video, mm -hmm. and for one of the times when, when the racial slurs were supposedly being said that you can't hear, he wasn't even in the room. Right. 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 Like, they were able to right. clear him pretty easily. Yeah, he was cleared pretty easily. Uh, police said he didn't do anything. And initially the story was, okay, the guy who was banned apparently didn't say anything. Rather than, nobody said a racial slur. Mm. Nobody did. Uh, so I, I just, I wish they'd make that clear, that... Uh, there was no racial slur yelled during the volleyball match or any other time. I mean, at the very least, they should be saying we have no evidence. We no evidence. over the tape. Because yeah. even beyond BYU TV, which had cameras there, you know, obviously they're mostly pointed at the court. You might maybe say that they didn't catch everything. Okay. Mm -hmm. But, like, this is 2022. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Every single person has a voice recorder and an audio recorder in their pocket. At all times. And if there was a slur of an hour's worth of, or, or, or a slew of racial slurs that lasted for an hour that included threats, I think there is literally no chance that would not be recorded. None. There's, there, you're right. There's 5,500 people with cell phones there. <laughs> not one of Come them on. captured the racial slur. Not one. Come on. Yeah, it's silly. And it's one thing, too, to say that this is a one-off, right? Like, one person says something like this and, you know, be very, very disturbing. Obviously, should, someone should be punished if they're doing stuff like mm -hmm. that and threatening students. But the way they she describes it is it's like over multiple, uh, what is it, volleyball sets, sets, multiple yeah. sets. Yeah, uh, and uh, every time she served, at least. Every time she served. At least every time she served. Now, my daughter plays volleyball, mm -hmm. um, you know, Little Kids League, which I love. It's, it's like, by the way, the best parent spectator sport. Whole yeah. thing over in 40 minutes. Almost every game is close. <laughs> right. It's incredibly exciting when the ball goes over the net like twice. It's great. <laughs> I love it. But like one thing I will say that is very, very common 
and I would say universal watching these matches, and I believe it applies to every, would apply even more at a college level, is when the person is serving, it gets quiet. <laughs> right. There's no one, like, everyone right. cheers, and then everyone stops, and then the person serves, and then uh-huh. it's quiet. Uh-huh. So if someone was yelling racial slurs when she was serving, it would be the easiest time to hear it. Yeah, very possible someone <laughs> else in the building would have heard it <laughs> out of the 5,500 people gathered there. Now, my understanding, too, is that she... It wasn't even her that made uh, everybody aware of this. She apparently contacted her godmother. Yeah. What what is the story with her? Who lives, I believe, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Yeah. Yeah. And her godmother went to the press and and was uh, railing on BYU because they didn't do anything, she said. Mm -hmm. Uh, they, They were told multiple times that racial slurs were being yelled and BYU didn't do anything about it. Well, when she said something, they positioned police officers uh, around the the fans so that if something was said, they could find that person and escort them out. Mm-hmm. Um, so they did do something, right? And they they did it multiple times, and, and they didn't hear anything. And they didn't hear anything because it wasn't right. happening. <laughs> right. This is interesting because the last time we had a controversy like this was I think it was the Milwaukee Brewers game where. Someone was yelling, they said the N-word over and over again, and you could hear it. The problem was their mascot's name is Dinger, and so he was yelling Dinger to the mascot. Oh, right. And everyone thought they heard the (laughs) N-word. I mean, like, this is my thing. This just, this stuff, you can... It just really doesn't doesn't happen. happen. It doesn't happen. For the most part, I mean, I know there are rare occasional Mm -hmm. instances. For the most part, this doesn't happen. And it's people like, aren't like that. And I'm not even saying, look, uh, the American people are perfect and they're not they're never racist. Right. I, that's, I'm not saying racism, but like people understand the rules of the game. If you yeah. are a, 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 a racist and you have these feelings, you're not yelling them at full volume in the middle of a volleyball game. Right. You're, you're, you may very well be a racist. There may have been a racist in that crowd that night, but that racist is not <laughs> going to ruin his own life. Uh, by yelling yeah. the N-word to a yeah. player. For what reason? Well, I did read on Twitter, too, that it doesn't matter if the incident actually didn't happen. BYU is still a racist, racist uh, institution. Why? So How does that math I work? I don't know. Okay. I don't understand that. It kind of, to me, it does matter if now, it did happen. I don't know what happened here. If this is just a, a fraud, it needs to be called out as a fraud. And she, the person making the accusation, should be punished for it. Yeah, uh, that which should of course be, won't happen. It won't happen. But her own, uh, what, what university was it? It was uh, Duke. Duke. D- of all places I know. to freaking fall for another racial hoax. Oh, right. Uh, of all things, after the Duke lacrosse story. Uh, but she should be punished by her university. Yep. If this is, and maybe even, you know, ticketed by the police for all sorts of violations causing an uh, How an much time was wasted yeah. by, by BYU, by Provo police uh, checking into this? Probably a lot. Probably a lot. And in addition to that, tell me if I'm wrong here, but like BYU needs to be called out for this. Like they need to be called out for, so. yeah, for banning it. people without looking at evidence. Yeah, I mean they didn't they did not yeah, handle this well, and they need to come out and make this clear. I think so too. Uh, and you know the real shame also is that the BYU women's volleyball team is three and zero and completely <laughs> overshadowed right now. Completely overshadowed, Stu. 
How did I know we were to come back to BYU's sports report? Three. How do you know that they're three and zero? You're the only person. Their I own team does not know that they're women's 3-0. volleyball at BYU. You really do. I which do. Which is incredible. Okay, mm-hmm. let me go to one, one other story. You covered this on Pat Gray Unleashed today. Um, there is a a new mortgage you can get, and I, when yeah. I say you can get, you can't get it. No, you right. cannot. But it's a great value. Zero dollars down, mm-hmm. zero closing costs for a mortgage. What a great deal. Pretty good deal. O- only one qualification. Well, you have to be black or Hispanic. <laughs> so really two qualifications. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I can be black or, or I can Hispanic. be Hispanic. I'm way too pasty. Yes, uh, in way order to too make pasty. This way too pasty. So um, why should I get it? I guess the problem is that 72% of, of whiteies mm-hmm. have homes and less than that number have homes if you're black or Hispanic. So it's okay for them to offer better deals to black and Hispanics <laughs> than to whitey. Let me ask you this. Is it a better deal, though? <laughs> Is it the right thing? Is it allowed? Because to my understanding of the way the law works, you cannot just give people deals based on the race, <laughs> the color of their skin. Like, that is, my understanding really? was, I feel when like it's that been start? really clear uh-huh. that you're not allowed to do that. Is that wow. not, does that not uh, apply here? No, that does, that, that does apply. And didn't we run into this problem with sketchy uh, home loans in, I don't know, the 2000s, <laughs> yeah. where it built up to about 2006 and yeah. seven, and then something happened. I remember that. Uh, there yeah. was something. I don't remember what it was, but there was something. And they're doing it again. In fact, more blatantly than they did it before. It's just, it's asinine, yeah. and it's going to lead to disaster. The, uh, the, the guy who famously was in the big short, that movie, you know, pr- basically predicted the 08 collapse is back on the same bandwagon. He said it's going to be worse than last time. He's oh, like, wow. that's where he is now. The Case-Shiller Index, which shows housing prices wow. over long periods of time, is higher, much higher than it was during, before the 2008 collapse. Jeez. I mean, that we, My we could be looking at a real rough time. And once that goes, once that housing market goes and people get their wealth wiped out, yeah. I mean, first of all, you're going to have... Tons and tons of, of economic hardship. And then you're going to have the, the, the White House and all the, the people on the left coming with all sorts of bailout programs. And it's only going to make it worse. Yeah. And, you, you know, you put that on top with possible food shortages that we keep hearing about that are down the road somewhere. Mm. Maybe by the end of the year, they're more serious and more severe. And there's, you know, what is what is going to happen when all these things come together? And energy. I mean, look at what's going on with Europe right now. And energy. They're paying five, six, seven times. There's some cafe that was paying $1,000 a month for their electricity, and now it's $10,000 a month. Yeah, I saw that. What do you do? Wow. What do you I, do? You get behind in your, in, in your energy yeah. bill. You don't make payments, and you close yeah. your shop. That's basically what and happens. And in Britain, they're, they're dealing with 80% higher energy costs Incredible. this year. And that's because it's not because of shortages or what's going on in Russia and Ukraine. That's because of global warming uh, regulations. So uh, it's going to come to a head pretty soon. It is. Uh, Pat Gray Unleashed. Of course, you can get all these stories and much, much more on Pat Gray Unleashed every single day. Unfortunately, I did tune in and I, I heard Jeffy. Oh, man. So yeah, that's uh, unfortunate. That's, you're going to clear that We're going to clear that up on oh, Monday. Okay, good. Yeah. Thank, thank yeah. God. Keith mm-hmm. Malinak, please come <laughs> back to us. Uh, Pat Gray Unleashed right here on Blaze TV with Jeffy and Keith uh, every day. Make sure to subscribe. Pat, thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks. <sighs> Today.
Tonight, there's going to be a big speech from the president of the United States, and it made me think about, is this man senile? Now, you might say, wait a minute, that's a little judgmental. And it is judgmental based on watching him speak. That is how I, that's the material I'm using to judge his senility. Is that a medical diagnosis? No, but it is a visual diagnosis, and I think I'm right on it. Case in point, he's calling the speech tonight soul of a nation. Now, you might say, okay, that's a little weird. It's a little religious culty. I don't know. Um, from a group of people who seem to uh, avoid religion at all costs, certainly as it involves policy, but it also struck me as something very similar to a previous Democratic administration and a project that they touted highly. That one was called Birth of a Nation. It was Woodrow Wilson. And the previous title for the movie was called The Klansman. So I, I think if I were a Democrat, I might kind of avoid something like Soul of the Nation. But this is where we're going. It's possible. Now, we know that Joe Biden was probably already in the Senate by then. I don't remember when Woodrow Wilson, right around then he came into power. But uh, you, I'm sure he was there for it. I guess he just doesn't remember. I don't know. He is senile. And to celebrate and get ready for this big speech tonight, I encourage you to go to check out stewdoesmerch.com and get something from our Senility Now line. It's one of our best sellers, by the way, I should point out. People love the hypnotic view of Joe Biden standing there looking empty-eyed with the words Senility Now below it. If you remember Seinfeld, of course, there was, uh, what was it, a... Uh, uh, Serenity now. Thank you very much. Serenity now. This is senility now. I would love some senility now in the White House. I don't think we're going to get it tonight, but you can get your T-shirt, your mug, whatever you want. StuDoesMerch.com. StuDoesMerch.com. If you use the code Stu10, you'll save 10%. Back in a second. From cringing at the pump to getting an eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant, inflation is hitting us everywhere. And it hurts, honestly. It's, a, it's painful for a lot of people. And that's why, of course, you should use Upside. That's why I use Upside. Uh, Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. With every purchase, I'm earning cash back thanks to Upside. With gas, it's really easy. I mean, you go and use the Upside app. The first time I think I filled up, I saved something like 25 cents a gallon with Upside. Now, that's a big difference. Uh, and, you know, when we're getting hit in every single area, you know, of course, the fuel stuff powers the increases in all the other products that you use. Saving some money on gas is a big deal. Going out to a restaurant, they've all jacked their prices up too. You go there, you get money back. Why don't you want the money back? It's there, why not take it? To get started, you can download the free Upside app and use the promo code STU. You'll get five bucks or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. You can claim an offer for whatever business you're in, whatever you're buying on Upside, just check in at the business, pay as usual with a credit card and get paid. You don't have to give them, you don't have to like present the app or anything. It just, it just goes off your credit card, so it's nice and easy. In comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you can earn three times more cash back with Upside. Upside users are earning more than a million dollars every week. Uh, they got a great rating on the App Store. Download the free Upside app and use the promo code STU to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Yep, $5 or more cash back free money on your first purchase of 10 bucks or more. Get your free money. Use the promo code STU with Upside. Happy Talibaniversary, everybody. Yes, today is the one-year anniversary 
of us leaving officially Afghanistan. I know we talked about this story for the, a couple times over the past couple of weeks about it, but it had been a year since all this stuff was going on. I guess this was the year we actually, or this was the day we actually left. And then we just left like thousands of Americans behind. That was great. Remember how we were thinking we should like maybe hold on to Bagram Air Force Base? Just at least have that. You have the air base, you'd have something there, a place to be able to launch missions if needed. Well, it is being utilized, which is great, you know. Uh, they had a parade there today. A parade at Bagram. Uh, big parade with Western uniforms. I wonder where they got the Western uniforms from. Uh, they were able to really celebrate the Taliban and their takeover of the country. Thanks, Joe Biden. Just want to mention, oh, did I mention Taliban Joe today? Did I mention that? TalibanJoeMerch.com. Stu10, the code, 10% off. Celebrate, yes, yes, celebrate Joe Biden's incredible victory as he won the person of the year from the Islamic Emirate of Afghanistan, Taliban Joe. Congratulations. Okay, um, let me give you one other election update. Sarah Palin uh, was up for a House seat in Alaska. She did not win. She wound up losing the race 51 to 49 in a pretty close contest. Now, What's interesting about this, I think, to me is, first of all, let me tell you what's not interesting. It's not a big deal, uh, frankly. <laughs> I, I know, look, I'm sure it's a big deal to Sarah Palin, but in reality, it's not that big of a deal. Why? Well, because this is a temporary House seat, and they're going to run another election for this in November. So it's a few months when Democrats already have control. It really makes no difference, this seat, uh, right now. I will say... It will make a difference in November because the Republicans are going to try to take over the House. So losing seats like this would be bad. Now, there's a pushback on on the right, mainly against what happened there, which was ranked choice voting. Now, I've seen this reported poorly a few times. Sarah Palin did not win the first round of voting. She actually came in second. And then she was unable to overtake the Democrat in the second round of voting. I don't want to go too deep in the explainers here, but bottom line is uh, everyone votes for who they want in the first round. The top uh, two go on to this second round here in this particular uh, in this went on to this particular uh, battle. And there, well, I'm explaining it poorly. It goes to four and then it starts narrowing down. So you have what you had is three different candidates that were challengers that really had a chance to win. One Democrat, two Republicans. The reason why Sarah Palin lost this election is not because of ranked choice voting. It's because people who had a chance to vote for Sarah Palin decided that their second choice behind the other Republican was not Sarah Palin, but it was the Democrat. They said, look, I want to vote Republican. I'll vote for Nick Begich, but I ain't voting for Sarah Palin. So they had their first choice as Begich and their second choice as Peltola, the Democrat. And that's why she won. Um, you know, look. This is going to be a thing that whoever wins in ranked choice voting is going to love it. Whoever doesn't is going to hate it. But like if the first ranked choice election was the 1992 presidential election with George H.W. Bush uh, and Ross Perot and Bill Clinton, Republicans would love the system because they would have won that election. I don't think it's really leans either way, but you better be smart about the way you play it, because this is going to be coming to more states and it does get the voters closer to what they want. So. You better make sure you're winning those voters over and understanding the rules of the game. Thank you so much for watching this stupid show. I don't know why you do it. I don't know why you listen, but I do appreciate that it occurs or it would be really stupid. I'd be just sitting here 
just talking to nobody. Five stars is the appropriate number of stars when you follow and like and, and do the, all the things on uh, the podcast app, so we appreciate that. Some comments coming in from YouTube. I want to watch Glenn analyze more music from yesterday's show. You don't want to miss that one. Go back and check it out. I was laughing out loud during multiple parts of this episode. Great job, Stu. Thank you. You can pay back any great job that you see with a like or an algorithmic engagement comment below. We appreciate that. And this one comes in. I, from one, am terrified of bears with, with bulletproof vests. A bear with a bulletproof vest would be an unstoppable pie-stealing machine. That's insightful analysis right there. <laughs>